edition of the EBBC podcast. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman. And Brian, for the first time in months, months, months. live sports, live sports, baseball is back. Last weekend was exhibition games. This weekend, the real thing. So tell me, you're a Met fan. I know you're sitting here. We're taping this on a Sunday night. How good was it to sit back and watch your team the last couple of days? Great. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Yep. Um, I'm already kind of used to the piped-in noise. But it's a di- it's totally different vibe. Um, but it's great. It felt right. I was waiting Friday afternoon, first pitch, like at four ten, sitting there going, "Yeah, it just felt it was felt great." So um, it's a lot different, and there's a lot that's already happened these first three days around baseball. I guess it's four days if we go back to the Thursday night with the two op- opening games Thursday night. But yeah. Um, but is it really different as a Mets fan? Is it really different? No, not really. They won. They they won their home. They always win the home. They they won their opening game. They always win the opener, and then they blew the second game in painful fashion. And right now they're losing three to one, um, and bases loaded, nobody out for the Atlanta Braves. So, yeah, typical Mets thing. We'll see how it goes. Can you can can Jacob Degrom get any run support? It it amazes me how they don't score runs for the guy. And if you're not familiar with it, he basically gets a no decision every time out because he throws six or seven scoreless innings or five in this case. And the Mets it don't is, score any runs for him, ever. It is unreal. Yep. Uh, I, th- I, w- I can't do it justice because Gary Cohn, Mets longtime play-by-play guy, said something Friday during Jake's start about how uh, in games where he hasn't, where he allows one run or less over the last two years, the Mets are like two and nine in those games. It's, it's just incredible. Some <laughs> incredible stat. Um, uh, now the Braves are clearing the bases, so the route is on in Who's pitching for the Mets tonight? What's that? Who's pitching for the Mets? Uh, Rick Porcello in his Mets first Mets start, and it is going terribly. Five to, one in the, five to one in the third, and the Met, and the Braves still have second and third, and nobody out, and the bullpen is uh, active. So the, the Rick pit- Porcello bounce back year is off to a rousing start. The starting pitcher for the uh, Braves, Sean Newcomb. Uh, Hartford guy? Massachusetts native and a University of Hartford product. I did a feature story on him many years ago. I think we talked about that. Good guy. Yep. So I, I hate to root against your team tonight, but I am. Uh, Mets one and one going into this game. Uh, pretty much Pete Alonso, what's he been doing? I haven't been paying attention. I know oh, he's uh, oh, Cespedes not... had a bomb to win the game the other night. Yeah, blowing one of the game the other night. Pete's off to an ice cold start. He uh, he struck out. No, he, he got it by a pitch tonight, but I think he's got, uh, so far as all he's got is one hit, a single. So he's, he's ice cold. Um, not, and that sort of goes to a bigger part of it, like, seems right now like some of the offenses are struggling. I know I looked around the league a little bit. I actually, I actually talked to my father today. My dad is a big Red Sox fan. They're one and two. One and two. Who thought, God, who saw them losing two or three of, the, uh, of their first games of the year at home to the Orioles? Who everyone thinks yeah. is probably the worst team in baseball. I'm talking to my dad, and my dad still, like, reads regular physical newspapers and checks actual box scores in the newspaper. He's the and one. As a Mets, as a Red Sox fan, he was not exactly happy as seeing Mookie Betts uh, walk out the door. So he's like, "I saw Mookie Betts went over five last night for the Dodgers. Is he? What's going on there? Is he going to have a bad year now that he's in the, another league?" I'm like, "I don't. First of all, I don't know. Second of all, it's two games. Third, like this, we they said it. Uh, either the Yankees, the Mets game said the other night. Like a lot of times, the pitchers are ahead of the hitters um, to begin the season. At least that's what I'm telling myself right now." Yeah, it's really strange. But the other thing, one of the broadcasters I heard was saying last night that the maybe the weather is the great equalizer because it's hot. And normally pitchers are ahead because it's cold. 
So in the right. you know end of March, early April, when those bats are in your hand and you're you're yeah. swinging and vibrating in your hand, it's, it hurts. So we'll see how things level off. Red Sox, you mentioned one and two. Yankees, we haven't talked about them yet. Uh, I, you know, I watched most of the game today. I saw, I actually sat through last night's loss, just one of those typical stinker games. We all know them, where you know your team's not going to come back and win. Right. Um, Garrett Cole was awesome on Thursday night. Pitched. He was. In that pitched, range uh, game. Five shutout innings in a range short. Or no, excuse me, gave up one run on one hit, a home run. That was it. But it was great over five innings. The game got called. It was pouring there. Pouring. It was ridiculous. And then when they light, when there was finally lightning flashing behind them during the game, they finally yeah. said, "Hey, maybe we should, you know, let's go ahead and stop this." I think the heavy stuff's coming down now. And A Rod, by the way, nothing better than listening to him kiss the commissioner's ass during an interview on national television, huh? Uh, I read it, Bella. Again, I uh, uh, the mute button was on. I got to mute that. Then when he's talking, I'm muting it. He's unlistenable. He he's a big he. There's not a sincere bone in that guy's body. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, when he tells his kids he loves them, I don't think they believe him. No, they pro- even even they're probably onto his BS by now. He doesn't hide it well. I mean, I just it, he is the most insecure. Uh, it's just painful. I, I actually feel bad for him. That's how insecure he is. I'm all right with him. And no, I don't. And no, I don't want him owning the Mets, which I don't know. No, that possibly. Well, Anything else jump out of Major League Baseball? Justin Verlander had a little elbow issue. I hear. Yeah, um, Verlander won the Cy Young Award last year with Houston. Um, they said earlier today that he was out for the season with an, uh, an elbow injury to his, his pitching arm. Now tonight they're sort of walking that back and saying he's got forearm stiffness and he'll be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. So take that for what you will. But short season, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks is a long time. But, you know, the other thing that jumps out to you right now is we all know this is going to be weird and on, on uncharted territory and what would happen as we go along we see that several people several players from the miami marlins have tested positive for covid four. yeah four they're not traveling tonight they're waiting a day to go back to miami and this is the th- and but this I, I don't really necessarily say this is baseball's fault but like you have a team with no restrictions that's not in a bubble in a really bad hot spot in our country south florida and yeah you know I, I don't know. You just hope nobody gets seriously ill, but it's weird, man. It's weird to hear about, you know, when a pitcher is being scratched the morning of an afternoon start, they won't tell you why. You kind of can draw the uh, – connect the dots. But, yeah, kind of weird. You're right. Like, uh, just in just so far, the weekend, first weekend itself, Marlins are, you know, Marlins take two or three in Philly. We A lot of people like Philly this year. We talked about the Red Sox losing two to three to the awful Orioles. Like, um, yeah, I'm a little bit of a weird thing. I don't know how this is going to play out. And again, it doesn't matter because um, sixteen not for a lot of teams, you know, sixteen teams are making the playoffs, so a lot of these teams are going to get in regardless. Yeah, I'd like to the thank thing- Major League Baseball for making that announcement on Thursday, the night after we we uh, recorded our baseball preview podcast. And did the usual like just two wild card teams? Thanks, baseball. We knew it was coming. We knew it was. We coming. Did. We didn't know it was coming, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean. Uh, you know, Yanks and Washington, pretty good teams, I guess, although I'm still not high in the, as high in the Nationals as a lot of people are, like we talked about. We don't revisit that. But Corbin was great today. Patrick Yeah, Corbin he was. was he was. His bullpen screwed up. For a little while. But, yeah, good to have some baseball back. Strange. And um, looking at next week, I sort of forgot about this. we got the NBA and NHL on tap next week on starting their seasons up. And it's going to feel like March Madness because they're just they're starting games at, like, noontime and playing all damn day. 
Yeah, I mean, great. listen, it, it's yeah. great. We're, we're going to have wall-to-wall sports. And just to circle back on the Marlins thing, I mean, the thing that worries me about the Marlins is they're saying that the infections may have, may have occurred when the team was traveling in and out of Atlanta on Wednesday yeah. where the Marlins pray, played. So you got the Marlins that went to Atlanta. They right. get a bunch of sick players. And Atlanta is where now? New York with the Mets. Atlanta's in New York with the Mets. So it just it it does scare me. Like I'm I'm like I said I'm keeping my fingers crossed that man we can get through this because we all need it to watch and just to have something to look at and not worry about watching the news. But man, if this this could be a rough week. A week from now, who knows what we could be talking about? Like you said, yeah. no bubble. You know, and like wanna... you watch the games and the, the, you knew this wasn't going to happen. Like there's no high fives, no all that. No, yeah. come oh. on. It's like they're all doing. Guy it. hits a big home run. He's in the dugout. They're jumping all over him like 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 a like always. Not a lot of guys wearing masks in the dugout, which I'm kind of bummed by. Yeah. It was know. funny today. Tommy Canely pitched the uh, eighth inning for the Yankees. Got out of a big jam. Went back in the dugout, all fired up. They came back from commercial, and he was standing kind of away by himself with a mask on. And I'm like, all right, that gives me a little hope. But you're right. Every home run, Stanton, when he came back to the dugout today, when um, Glaber Torres hit a big home run, Luke Voigt hit home runs, both of them come back to dugout all over each other, all over each other. So it's yeah. just tough yeah. habit to break, man. It really is. I, you know, and you don't know. The only, plus, you don't know. You know, we see the, we see a lot of garbage on social media. That's depressing when you say, you know, there's – controversy about people not wearing masks, masks not doing social distancing here in Connecticut. We've seen a rise in COVID cases for like people in their 20s, which is bizarre because we're, we're, we have one of the lowest rates in the country right now. Yeah, well, yeah. most athletes are in their 20s and God knows if some of them might have the belief that maybe they're anti-maskers too. I certainly hope not. If it is, it's a small amount, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows? How about, how about, you know, we'll get to the NBA. We mentioned their start. How about Lou Williams from the Clippers? Yeah, and that's a great segue because we talk about not following protocol. At NBA, we know they're in a bubble in Orlando, supposed to be in the hotels, not leave the Disney complex so that everyone stays in the bubble, stays safe. Lou Williams uh, from the um, L.A. Clippers. Clippers, great player. Got, per- the- got permission, right, to leave? Yeah, he apparently he went home for, issue. A, for a family member's funeral. Yeah. Got permission to leave. Uh, and then gets caught. Somebody Because this is, again, age of social media. Everyone's got a phone. Someone discovers that he's in a strip club in Atlanta, a gentleman's club in Atlanta, Magic City. So, so I, I guess some rapper or something took the picture and put it on Instagram. I guess so, yeah. And then, then quickly, quickly deleted it and yep. then said, oh, that's a picture from months ago. <laughs> well, ain't no one believing it because now Lou Williams is in a 10-day quarantine. He's going to miss the start of this little, you know, startup season. Um you know, but there's like what's like he's a really, I mean, that's a good player on a team that's trying, is a favorite to win the title. He's probably like the best sixth man in the league. And like, if more guys like him, that, the, like, how many of the quote unquote star players are, are going to do this? We've already seen a couple of it. Right? Yeah. I had to hear about Dwight Howard's anti vax uh, theories this week. Like, you know, that you can't, you can't, there's no protocol for knuckleheads, I don't think. Yeah. So no. it's tough, man. But then, and then Lou Williams says, well, I, was, I did go out to get something to eat in Atlanta. So maybe the place he was frequenting served food as well as strip. It's possible that I researched the Magic City Gentlemen's Club today after reading yeah. this story. And it turns out that they are famous for their, for their wings. So they have great, apparently they're really great wings. Listen, wings, wings are a big deal. If you can find good wings, you, you, 
I'm sorry. No, I do it, man. You, you go there. You know what I mean? Just a and coincidence. Well, yeah. Hey, oh. um, good wings are good wings. But, Watch a ball game, have a beer. I still, I still want to, I still want to get a hold of some of the tapes of the snitch line the NBA has set up for people to call yeah, in. That's on the- great. <laughs> the NBA, I just don't know. Yeah, someone, yeah, and a couple of players or people that follow the NBA. You know, I don't know if a couple of writers saying this is going to be NBA players not leaving, not going out to a club, not going to a bar. Are you crazy? You think this is going to last? What can and, you do? The other thing I read about was that the, the, most of them all smoke weed, so they're saying, how are they going to get all the weed into the bubble? Yeah, oh. that's weird, too. Oh, God, it's unbelievable. How are your Mets doing, Brian? Is it 7-1 to one now? Is oh, it's 7-1, and, and we're still on the top of the third with two men on. So Some of the cardboard just, cutouts are actually leaving the game, I heard. Yeah, you, yeah, you, we already, we were, yeah, we were already having some fun with, with that last night with Gary Cohn's last – uh, uh, comment last night during the game that the crowd feels a little flat tonight. How about so, the idea? Yeah. Did, did, did Chipper, did Larry Chipper Jones buy a cardboard cutout at City Field? Did you hear about this? He's not admitting to it, but somebody bought a Larry Chipper Jones cardboard cutout. I've that, seen, is you know, that is brilliant. I saw the cardboard, our cardboard cutout of our of our favorite, our inspiration for broadcasting and podcasting. Uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo has a seat, a cutout seat in left field. I did so not know that. Oh yes, he's out there every night. They've the uh, the Mets broadcast team pointed that out the other night. They said, "Wait, is that Mad Dog?" And they oh zoomed my. in, and yep, Chris Russo has a seat in left field. And Mike retired on Friday again, so we'll be missing Mike Francesa. So, folks out we there, we will unless Mike unretires in a couple months. But we're gonna have to pick up the slack for the big fella. So, yeah. Hey, listen, but we had uh, we talked about the MLB, but there's some huge news from the NFL I want to get to. But first, we gotta take a timeout because we have so many sponsors breathing down our neck to get on this show. Yeah. Uh, but my team, the Jets, involved in a big trade. Um, big, so we'll big, get to big that trade. A, we'll get to that in a second, but first, take care of some business, will you? Sure. Instacart, hey, grocery shopping, not easy, especially not now. You know, so why not save yourself a trip to the market with Instacart? Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour, and they connect you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. That's right, the products you love from local stores, stores that you know and that you shop at and that you, you trust. And again, Instacart highlights the deals that will help save you money. They find everything you, you can, they can help you find everything you usually buy. And then based on that, offer some smart suggestions for new items. And they pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe. Believe me, when I go grocery, the one thing my wife worries about, other than me buying crap we don't need, is, is he going to break the damn eggs? Most of the time, I'm okay. But Instacart, I mean, they, they ensure you're going to get your eggs, all 12 of them, intact. Now, listen, when you get the first time you use Instacart, you get free delivery on your first over a thir- order of over $35. Plus, if you see the link in our show notes this week and when you check out this episode, there's a link to Instacart. If you go to Instacart from that link, they'll know we sent you, and, they'll help, and that helps support our show. So who needs the grocery? Let someone else do it. You get other things to do, like, you know, not leave your house. Instacart, use it today. Someone else pick up my goddamn Oreos. There you go. Hey, uh, before we move on to football, there was one thing that happened today that I know you had an opinion about earlier this week. Uh, we both did. We were both kind of annoyed by it. Uh, the president was scheduled to throw out the first pitch for the Yankees in August at a game. But he tweeted this afternoon at 3.44 that because of my strong focus on the China virus, including schedules of uh, meetings on vaccines, our economy, and much else. I won't be able to be in New York to throw out the opening pitch on August 15th. I will make it later in the season. Yeah. 
Don't know if you saw that update. I don't want to get too political. Yeah, I did. I'm not going to get too, I could, I'm not going to, that we're, we're, that we're trying to be a, a respite from all that stuff and yes. try and have some fun and games. So I will but just I, keep it. I will say that Giancarlo Stanton was asked about it because he did kneel for the anthem and he it was asked about Trump throwing out the first pitch and he said, that's weeks away. We'll see what happens. So you know damn well some Yankee players reaching out. I'm guessing Lee. some Yankee players, maybe some sponsors. Maybe the governor. Their way. Maybe the governor of New York who is not on the great terms with the president for obvious reasons. Maybe even though the ballpark is empty, they thought resources because we know what would go into having the president show up at a ballpark, even empty all the security resources. Maybe it was pointed out to the Yankees the resources that would need to be involved that maybe you could be spent better, better spent in New York City right now. But sure, we don't know any of that. We're speculating on that. So let yes, I'll just go for right now off the president's schedule that he was too busy. I'm not even going to mention that he spent another week in golfing and was golfing with Brett Favre today. I just take the president at his word and we'll move on and we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, so, so far right now, we don't know when or if the president will show up at Yankee stadium to fire one in there. A friend of ours who was a big Brett Favre fan was disappointed with that, but also texted me and said, yeah, the president canceled because he didn't want to get booed. I said, there's no fans. And he went, Oh yeah, that's right. He said, maybe you don't want to get booed by the players. So that's, that's possible too. Anyway. All right, so in the NFL, let's talk about the Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They got a safety named Jamal Adams, who has been making a lot of noise lately because basically the Jets said, we're going to take care of you, assign you a contract extension, and then they kind of questioned his loyalty to the team and the football in general. So Adams took to social media, basically jumped all over the GM and the uh, coach, and then also said some things about the owner, which we'll get to. But Jamal Adams traded to the Seattle Seahawks. You actually told me about this. I don't know where I was. But you had texted me, said, did you hear about this? And I said, oh, my God. And I went and looked at it. This is Herschel Walker-ish type of a trade. Well, for for today it is. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, for this day and age. I mean, a couple things here. You know, this has been going on for a while. Even going back to last season, Adams was making some noise about not wanting to be in New York unless he got a contract extension. You mentioned you're you're a Jets fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. The Cowboys were always connected to Adams because he's from that area, played ball um, in the – in Texas and was an admitted Cowboys fan. And, uh, but that never happened and seemed to maybe it was going to die down and all this. And uh, yeah, he went on social media and I was reading about this after the trade today and just blasted the GM, blasted the coach, Adam Gase. And, you know, he's looking for a contract extension of $20 million a year. He's a really good player. He's a great player. He's great safety. Agreed. Couple things. He's not old Thomas. He's not Ed Reed. Correct. He, he's very good. He's an all-pro, first-team all-pro. You're not paying a safety $20 million a year. No. Maybe if he was Ed Reed. Maybe. So the Jets got – Let's again, let's review that. For they, The Jets sent Jamal Adams in a fourth-round pick to the Seattle Seahawks for a number one this year, a number three this year, a starting safety. And I'll get to in a minute because I didn't know a lot about him and I was reading today. I'll get back to that. And another number one next year. Two number ones, a three, and a walk in the door, uh, better than average starter to, to play his spot. What, how long did it take um, Joe Thomas, the G, Jets GM, to say yes? Douglas. Joe, Tom, Joe Douglas. He, oh, you mean he's not the former uh, left tackle? Left tackle the for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Joe. Yeah. How long did it take for the Jets GM to say yes? 0.3 seconds. Great trade for the Jets. 
if I was like, if it was like a team like San Francisco who almost won a Super Bowl last year, and you said, listen, we're young, we got some money, we can afford, we can afford, it's a big price to pay, but we can get, like, we don't like it, but we can give up these draft picks. He'll be the final piece to finally get us to, to, to win a Super Bowl. Great. I don't know the Seattle's there. I don't know what Seattle's doing. If I were a Jets fan, I wouldn't care. I hope Seattle just sucks the next couple of years, which they probably won't. Yeah. But hopefully they do, and hope you get enough, enough nice draft picks. Draft picks are the freaking currency. If you don't use both number ones, you make a package deal. I mean, you want those draft picks. And, and the point, the, the thing that for me is, as a Jets fan, and listen, I'm not diehard like you are as far as NFL teams. I, I follow my team, but I don't live and die by it. I don't lose sleep over a loss. You know, like it's easier that it must, It's probably easier that way, yeah. I enjoy watching just the games, you know. Yeah, um, But you can't blame the Jets because they're not close to winning. They no. never are. They never are. I know sooner yeah. or later you got to do – but this is a no-brainer for the Jets. I love it. Uh, I, the, the reason I love it, too, is because you're not sure about your quarterback as much as you right. think he may be good. Right. If he's not good this year again, you're going to have to reevaluate everything you're doing all over again. So, exactly. Listen, I don't think they're close to winning, so I, I love it. I hate the coach, so I'd love to see him go out the door as well. But if you're the Jets and a Jets fan, and the idea that Seattle would give all of that to a disgruntled player who the Jets had no – everyone knew they were trying to trade him. Why would you give up so much? I don't get you know, it. Listen, I, I, Jamal, I, I, like, somehow being – you know, unfortunately because I'm in this area, I tend to see more Jets football than I'd like to sometimes. But yeah. he's a hell of a player. He's also a guy that has a safety. And I know it's different now. You know, interceptions are down because percentages are up, more high percentage passes. He's got two, he's got two career interceptions. Yeah. So, I mean, you know – Give me a break. Which, I mean, he, he wasn't even as good as the guy whose name escapes me that the uh, Steelers traded for last year. I can't even think of this. Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And the Steelers gave about a third of what they gave of what the Seahawks gave up. So yeah, I think it's a great. It's the one of the weird times you say the Jets just hit a home run on a, on a personnel move. I'm a little higher on Donald than the most. I think he's been he's had some injury issues, and you're right. The coach, the coaching situation since, since he got there has been awful. Gaze is awful. I, I know they didn't want to fire a first-year head coach last year, but I think that was wrong because they're just delaying the inevitable. They're going to have to fire him. What did you read about Bradley McDougal that you? Yeah, I, I was reading something Bradley. in the Athletic today, just where they do with those, like who won the great, who won the, who won the trade, who lost the trade, and I think this is one of the Jets beat writers for the Athletic saying that the consensus from the Seattle people that he talked to was like he's he he's better he's. A, He's very good. He's not an elite level. He may not be a Pro Bowl guy, but he's a very good starting safety. Like he's, he's 29 really years old. So 29 years old. I think he's been he, – he had a few years of Tampa Bay. Had one good year with like three interceptions and five forced fumbles. So, again, it's a safety. The safety position, just because the way the league's going right now, isn't quite the impact position that it used to be. Yeah. It's more important to be sort of an extra sort of center fielder, pass defender, than just to be like the old time, like, you know, Ronnie Lott, knock, your, knock you on your ass type safety. So, yeah, I mean, so, again, you put him in there, you, you get, all right, you have a replacement. You have a, you have a decent replacement for him. Now, tell me about the Jets' owner, Woody Johnson, who left the team to go be an ambassador overseas for the Trump administration. His brother, Chris Johnson, now runs the team, but Woody is still the owner. He gets into a little trouble this week, and that was part of the reason why I think he got traded, because Jamal Adams basically went on social media and basically said, you, you need, it all starts at the top, and if your guy at the top's not doing the right thing. It was insinuated that yeah. Woody Johnson was maybe uh, inappropriate or, you know, maybe 
just doing some things a 70 year old man might do in a different generation as far as in a position of leadership? Yeah, made some comments about women and sort of just the rot, you know, uh, uh, you know, looking down, talking down about women, women's appearances, women's, you know, we'll just let it leave it at that. Things you don't say anymore, certainly not in a public forum. There are some questions about whether or not he had some comments that were racially tinged. Yeah. Just not, not a good look. And just, yeah, it's stupid, 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 if true. And we don't know if it's true. It's a report. Really haven't had m- heard much from the Jets camp. I know Woody's not officially in power right now because he's, you know. Still writing the checks. Ambassador. Yeah, writing the checks, you know, ambassador. Amba- uh, you know, Trump sent him over there as the ambassador. But not a great look from the NFL. A few years ago, we went through this garbage with Jerry Richardson down in Carolina. He, had, he was forced to sell the team. We talked last week about the problem that the Washington football teams had with Dan Snyder in charge and the really disgusting allegations that came out a couple of weeks ago in the Washington Post about sexual uh, abuse and misconduct or sexual misconduct. Well, why can't the Redskins get a name for their, their Washington team, replace the name Redskins? What, what is the problem? I, I, yeah, I'm trying not to say the name. I, I've been bad, so I'm trying to yeah. say it. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I get sort of annoyed. This is why I got to stay off social media because I get too annoyed where someone said, uh, give Snyder a break. You know, this happened kind of fast. He hasn't really had time to get like a, a marketing team in place. You know, when he's had the team since 1997, you should have, this is about, this is only like at least 30 years overdue in this name change. There's been protests outside the stadium since the early 80s. Yeah, how long does it take? Figure it out. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Listen, so they're now called the Washington football team, which actually I kind of like to be honest with you, it's old school. You know, it, it takes me back school. to the George Hallis days of, you know, the 1930s or 40s, you know, old school. Yeah. So and just like leave it at that. The Washington football team. There you go. There's, there's no uh, symbol or anything on the helmet. The helmet's just going to – helmet looks like, like, coll- like a college. They're going to have the number – they're going to have the number of the player on the side of the helmet, I heard? Yeah. Numbers on the, numbers on the side of the helmet. Little college looks like, like an old, like, uh, college team or something. Yeah. So, whatever. Call yourselves whatever you want as long as you get rid of that stupid nickname. So we got MLB back, NBA, NHL are back next weekend. Things are starting to feel a little normal. We'll keep in our fingers crossed that COVID-19 doesn't rage during all this. And hopefully we have sports. We're talking about sports. Yeah. You can get upset at Edwin Diaz, batting order for the Mets. So life is good again. I've actually been okay with the batting order for the Mets for the first three games, which is unusual for me. Um, yeah, someone, and again, I, I thought of you on social media because someone complained that Edwin Diaz smiled after he gave up the home run. I don't care. You know what? I, I I actually believe the explanation. He made he actually made a decent pitch, and the guy swung out of the zone and hit it. Like I, I actually felt, I felt for the guy. Like I, he's probably. I mean, I felt for the guy. I was kind of hoping because he had great stuff Friday night. Like, and he he saved the opening game, looked really good. And I was like, well, you know what? He just there's no fans. He feels better without fans. But yeah, eh, whatever. Just a typical Mets kick in the gut loss. Well, they'll have, pl- they'll have plenty more opportunities to make you feel good. So let's just keep our fingers crossed, like I said, that we have a chance and over the next couple of weeks. People stay healthy, I hope. So listen, you uh, before we get to this, you have to take another break, but there's a couple things we have to talk about. The 40-year anniversary of maybe one of my favorite movies of all time, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And then one of my favorite frontmen of all time is celebrating a birthday today. So we have a oh, lot yes. to get to, but yeah. we'll take one more commercial before we uh, wrap it up. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about a good night's sleep darn near every week. And that's because we're happy to team up with Allswell. Allswell wants you to know the dream bed starts with them. They believe in the power of a good night's sleep for all. It's been their guiding principle since launch. They do that because they have a hybrid mattress technology in each one of their mattresses. And it combines the best of both worlds, memory foam and individually wrapped coils. 
for a winning blend of comfort and support. The goal was to create an affordable mattress without sacrificing quality or luxury. The result is something like the Ellswell Queen mattress, which starts at a price of just $345. No, you heard me right, just three digits, three, four, five, with a dollar sign right in front of them. And again, there's more than just mattresses. There's mattress, there's, there's, there's bedding, there's spa products, um, and plus free shipping, 10 year limited warranty, and a 100 night risk-free trial, and financing as low as one zero percent. If you go to this week's show notes on the EDBC podcast, you'll see the link for all as well. Click on that link. Get 15% off your purchase when you shop via that link. And you give a little love for our show too. All's well. The dream of a good night's sleep starts with them. Allswellhome.com. Well done, Brian. So and listen, as we come down the home stretch here, we've talked about this movie a thousand times, but it's 40 years since Caddyshack came out. It's funny, a lot of social media, a lot of podcasts are talking about it. All of us are on the same page as it's being one of the, listen, yeah, one of the great movies of all time. We've talked to the, there's books about it that have been written about it that I need to read, first of all. And, yes, you uh, do. I'm just, I can't believe it's been 40 years that Caddyshack came out. One, yeah, one of the most quotable movies of all time. I'm sure people 30 and under don't get it. That's fine. We'll be, we'll, you know, the people that don't get it, they'll have their own thing years from now that the youngest the youngest don't get but yeah uh i i call it a sports movie i think it's a sports movie i agree yeah i don't know how many great golf movies have been made but this is probably the greatest one tin cup yeah i actually never saw it to be honest with you it, it it's okay it, it, you don't need to watch it twice uh caddyshack yeah 40 years old july 25th 1980 Whew, very quotable you know someone said this today and i agree with them anytime it comes on I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to watch at least 20 minutes of it unless there's a, and they go to a commercial break or something. Maybe I'll get dragged away, but yeah, any, maybe like, any time it comes on, I'm going to watch Maybe it. the gopher scenes, which are the only weak part of the movie. But other than that, and even the cast, a lot of whom were has-beens and never was-es, but other than that, but uh, the cast is great. Um, it's an ensemble piece. That's what yeah. I love so much and, about it. I, and didn't critics were kind of pan the movie when it first came out? There was no real plot. It you got know, panned. Yada, yada. It, there was no plot. It was rambling. What's the point of this? That's kind of the point is that it doesn't have like a beginning, a heightened middle, and then like a clean, you know, you know, it doesn't follow the formula. Who cares? It's funny. It's entertaining. It's 96 minutes of, of, of stupidity, but humorous stupidity. Yeah. There's, again, I think I've said this before. I, I'm looking forward to the day where I can sit down with my children and watch that movie. That's yeah, and don't watch it like at the golf channel or like one of the, no. Something, no. But yeah, no, you gotta wait for them to be old enough so that you can uh if you still you know i somewhere i have a dvd but i haven't played a dvd in a while but yeah it has and to be uncut form the idea that doug kenny who passed away shortly after this movie fell yep. off a cliff i think in hawaii or something like that at 32 years old right but and, the idea that he could be a, the writer of this in animal house i mean yeah i don't know how you live up i don't know how you live up to that yeah he was a national lampoon guy so that's where you gotta start yeah had a weird sad ending to his life had some substance abuse issues but wow that guy would have had it's too bad he would have he he would have had a book in him that would have been insane yeah well just the mind alone the creative mind for someone yeah. to do that it's just insane. freaking real so if you haven't seen caddyshack go watch the movie for crying out loud please i think we even I did find it hard to believe you haven't seen it i, I yeah i know we're, we're, we don't want to get too into this because we actually did a podcast on caddyshack back in april when we were yeah when, when there was no no masters to talk about we said we want to talk about caddyshack for a podcast so yeah um happy birthday caddyshack Oof. and speaking of birthdays we have a little segue go right to our birthdays you have a 
a very good list of birthdays. This yeah, weekend. I had to whittle this one down, but uh, really, most these are yeah, you know, but most of these are ones that are designed just to make us feel old, and I think each one of these will make us feel old. So the first one we have to get to, and I have a story about this guy. Talk about the young crowd and the old crowd. Um, I know he's a favorite of ours, yeah, a hero to you especially. Yep. Uh, Mick, Mick Jagger, 77 years old. So it's funny, whenever I think of Mick, I, uh, I grew up listening to the Stones. My mom and dad are huge Rolling Stones fans. Uh, so all we listened to were 60s rock, Beatles, Stones. I was a Stones family. But um, my high school yearbook, where they have the class prophecy, did they do that in your yearbook do you remember where they have like a class will so you can leave stuff you can write but there's a class prophecy like brian coleman will blank in the future well we'll uh, i don't think they my did. class pro my class prophecy from old saybrook high school was eric dobratz dot 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 will finally meet mick that was my class prophecy well there, yeah oh, yeah now uh, has it happened yet no it has not so i'm running out of time here so it better happen soon but oh, the guy is 70, 77 years old and they would be on tour right now yes, if it would. wasn't for this covid-19 so the idea that, that guy runs around like that and what yeah. a great the great i've seen him about 12 times 13 times the idea i saw him at roseland in 2002 and in a club of 2000 people that's and I literally, literally was 15 feet from the stage, and uh, it was a mo, it was a Motown night. That during that, oh, yeah. during that tour, they were doing themes where they would do, you know, 23 songs or whatever, but three of them would be themed around something, and they did Motown where they played like "Go Into a Go Go" and a couple other songs. But well, you talk about him, uh, unbelievable. You talk about him still going up there and dancing and moving around like he's still a young guy. Uh, so both my kids are to that age where like they're into like the pop music. Yeah. And they, they, especially my older daughter, my nine-year-old, loves that awful Maroon 5 song. What is it? Move Like Jagger. Jagger. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she had her, she figured it out that Mick Jagger was a real person, but she was under the impression like he was kind of a group or like it was a group or a band. Like, is this about the group Jagger? And she's asking me about Jagger. Like, no, he's a singer. His name is Mick Jagger. He sings of the Rolling Stones. You know, the we've talked about this. You know, the Rolling Stones are. She, she kind of gets an awareness of it. She's listened to There's been plenty of their music played in our house. So she's got a vague understanding of it. So finally, I say, okay. So I pull up, uh, she wants to like, oh, does he dance too? Like, yeah, he sings. He's the singer. He's moving all over the stage. He's dancing. She's a dancer. She loves dance. So I figure I'll give her a little introduction. I pull up the, uh, the Start Me Up video on YouTube to show her. <laughs> she likes the song. She likes the song. It's a great song. So yeah. You hear, rough outfit for Mick. Rough outfit. Yeah. Rough video. Very early yeah. age video. Yeah. But, so, but you know, it's, it's just, there's nothing fancy. It's just him in a room playing. Not, not yep. So I'm showing, so I pull it up. She watches a few minutes of it, like him doing his thing and doing his moves and all this stuff. She goes, with a rather somber look on his face, she goes, that is not at all what I thought he would look like. <laughs> show her a picture now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh We're going to show her Keith Richards right now, but she's only nine. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, happy birthday, Mick, 77. It's also, yeah. my, it's also my aunt's birthday today. So I always tease her. I'll never forget your birthday, Aunt Marie, because you share it with Mick Jagger. So happy oh, birthday, Aunt Marie. Oh, that must give her such a warm feeling. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, also, it's also our favorite weatherman's birthday. Who you, I, I used to know. Work with. And we used to work with at Channel 8, Jeff Fox, having a birthday. Jeff Fox, yeah, our former, uh, our, our former uh, colleague at Channel 8. Yep, happy now birthday, Jeff. Out, Semi-retired out there in California, trying not to you know, stay safe out there in the Sunshine State. I'm sure, he's listening. I'm sure he's listening. I've gotten feedback from him from before. Uh, yeah. He's a big fan. 
um, yes, happy birthday, all you guys. And another couple more birthdays. Yeah. Michael Richards. Kramer. Kramer from Seinfeld. A little surprised by that. this. Um, Michael, of course, Michael had some PR problems after he left Seinfeld. After yeah. that. Michael Richards, Kramer, the, uh, Kramer is 71. I never would have guessed that. Never. I, yeah, until I realized, I, I keep remembering that Jerry Seinfeld's like 63, and then, okay, that makes sense now. I would have guessed 64, 65. Do you remember Kramer and Cheers? Oh, yeah. He was sure Eddie, I think his name was. He was a character, like a kind of was a villain in the show with him and Sam Malone at some sort of. Yeah, they had a bet back when bet, Sam was yeah. drinking. And he was going to have to uh, give him the bar or something. Here in that episode, yeah. Do you know how he got, how Michael Richards wound up on Seinfeld? I don't recall. Uh, back in the early 80s, speaking of cheesy things from the early 1980s for like a brief time, maybe not even a whole year, there was a, uh, a was supposed to be sort of a rip-off version of Saturday Night Live. There was a show on ABC on Friday nights called Fridays, which is like a sketch comedy, like a yep. black, like it, it, this is how low it was. Like Kiss performed there during like the elder years when Kiss was just in a terrible spot. And, but one of, he was one of the performers and one of the writers on Fridays was Larry David. LD, yeah, I figured that's what you're gonna say. I, I do remember that. I do remember that? Seventy-one. Right. Oof. Seventy-one. All right, who else uh, you got? If you're over the age of, if you're our age or older, especially if you're a little older, like if you were a teenager in the mid '70s, uh, I hate to tell you guys this, but Linda Carter, a Wonder Woman, is 69 years old. She was the bomb back in the day. She was. Oh, on a was she, she ever? Her poster was on a lot of walls of young men. Oh yeah. She Not mine, ever. but a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, I remember that show vaguely. I don't know if it's ever been in reruns, but yeah, she's a, she, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, um, happy birthday, Linda. Yeah, as the, as the Braves are, are now up nine to one and fourth. Let's get this moving on. Okay, someone a little close, another actress a little closer to our age, which makes me feel old. Um, it's Sandra Bullock. 56. Never never a big fan. Great in speed. Yeah, but... you know, I, I'm kind of with you on that. She was in that, it's like, like from the mid 90s, she was in every other movie that was released, right? Yep. And none of them really stood out, I don't think. I mean, yeah. she she had a nice career, just never did anything for me. Yeah, but, no. As an um, actress, nothing had nothing to do with looks or it just never did anything for me. No, I just it was never like a movie where I saw, you know, that's a great movie and didn't right. jump off the screen to me at all. Nope. I'm right there with you. And your um, last one is uh the the ask the the quote unquote, I'm saying that quotes on purpose. The quote-unquote all-time home run king of Major League Baseball, Barry Bonds, is 56. And I skipped – listen, we did birthdays, but we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, the passing of a great uh, host, television icon, Regis Philbin. Has to be, yeah, yeah, Regis, age 88. A lot of great Regis stories. Good, good man. Him. He was on Seinfeld, speaking of Michael Richards. He was on Seinfeld. He had some Big great – Letterman guy. He, was a, he had some great Letterman appearances. So, 88. So, I mean, he uh, – Great life. Along. Long, full life, um, but yeah. Wow. Well, listen, we uh, we got to talk about baseball, man. I don't know if this day would ever, was ever going to come. I'm glad it did. It was fun to watch our teams. You're going to sit down. Now, how long will you hang on this game with the Mets down 9-1 in the fourth? It's 9-1 to in the fourth. I'm probably going to check out pretty soon. You're going to stay for a little while. Get ready for the Red Sox this week. There you go. The Yankees are in, uh, going to Philadelphia, I believe, uh, tomorrow. You got to root for the Yankees again? That's like every first, every game they played so far, I got to root for them. Philly lost two out of three to the Marlins, right? I'm I'm aware, yeah. Oof, so. man. Baseball's back, folks. We're glad to have it. We're glad yeah. to have it for sure. So, listen, we'll uh, have another week of baseball coming up. 
hopefully the uh, NHL and everything else happens next weekend, NBA and other scrimmaging. But uh, yeah. looking forward to talking about it. We'll, hopefully you'll find us another 40-year-old movie interview next week. Yeah, exactly. In the meantime, remember, at Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Podbay, Podbean, whatever other pod things there are up there. Get your, get your iPad, Pod Hut, whatever stuff out. Give us a listen. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a, uh, Andy, tell a stranger as long as you're socially distanced and wearing a mask. Well done. All right, that'll just do it for this edition of the EDBC podcast. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman. Brian, let's do it again next week, shall we? Groovy. All right, say goodbye, Brian. See ya. <laughs>